Welcome to Lady Sculpt Lifestyle, the podcast that encourages, educates, and empowers you to elevate your life and create your dream body. And now, here is your host, Lady Sculpt's boss coach and WNBF figure pro, Lilas Leona. Hey, hey, ladies. I just got back from Austin, Texas. You guys, Texas is amazing. If you have not been to Texas, I highly recommend that you put it on your list. This was my first time in Texas. I am a huge fan of the South. I like Southern California. I like Arizona. I like it hot. I enjoy me some sunshine. Texas has that and so much more. I went to Austin and I was staying at a hotel, I was staying at the Hyatt and it was right on the river and it has a dam on either side of it. So it's a very slow drifting river. And my view was of people leisurely kayaking and paddle boarding and rowing every day. It was spectacular. And on one of the bridges, uh, the Congress Street Bridge there, they have this bat population that comes out every night at sunset. And you can watch these thousands of bats come out of their habitat and into the night air. It was awe-inspiring. And then on Sunday morning, I woke up to a loud PA. I didn't realize it was a PA system at the time, but it was a testing, testing, one, two, three. And I quickly realized that they were having the Cap 10, which is the biggest 10K run in the US, just outside <laughs> my window. I watched it get started and I listened to everything that was said on the PA system and a little part of me really wanted to go down and run in it with them. It was super fun. Anyway, I want to go back. I'm going to definitely spend some more time in Austin, Texas. I was in Texas for the Life Coach School Mastermind. This is the school I did my life coaching certification with last year. Most of you know that I am a newly certified life coach. And every year my school hosts a mastermind event and it's to celebrate the coaches that come out of this school and their achievements and to give us a space to come together and to learn and to grow and to process. You guys, this conference was only a day and a half. And I will look back on this 10 years from now. And that day and a half has pivoted my life forevermore. The emotional processing that went on for me over the last week has increased my bandwidth to process emotion at such a capacity, you guys, that I feel like I have grown personally so, so much in the last week. It blows my mind a little bit when I think about everything I learned and what my current trajectory is. I'm so excited. And I was sitting here thinking about this podcast today, this episode, and realized that this is so parallel to competing for the first time. In the last week, I have processed some of the biggest emotions that I have ever felt. And when we process big emotions, it means 
that we're willing to sit and feel them, accept them, move through them, learn from them, and we're willing to experience them again and again and again in order to learn and up-level and keep personally growing. Now, competing, especially for the first time, also forces us to process some big emotions. So in that before time, before your competition happens, let's say in that 16 weeks in prepping for a competition, some of the emotions that you're going to expect to feel, we're going to talk about the negative ones mostly here, the commitment, the courage, the fear, the fear of missing out on what's happening around you while you're in comp prep is huge. The chance of failure, the self-doubt, the chance of humiliation, all of that. You have to get through that. You have to process it. You have to accept that taking the risk of getting on stage, you risk failing. You risk tripping and falling and feeling humiliated. You have to push through all of those emotions. You have to accept them and move forward anyway. You have to have the courage to keep going. And then on the day of the show, there's a whole new bucket of emotion. All of a sudden comes this worthiness question. Am I going to be good enough? There's nerves. Once you're on stage, there's so many nerves and there's courage to keep going, to push out, to get on that stage anyway. And there's excitement and adrenaline and just an explosion of feeling. And everybody's experiencing slightly different experiences. Everyone's having feelings that are slightly different shades, right? And we're all in it together. And then by getting on stage and taking that risk and having that courage and putting ourselves out there, depending on what our expectations were and what we place and what the feedback is and what our friends and family say and how we talk to ourselves in that moment creates the emotion we feel coming out of that show. And it doesn't stop there. I'm sorry. The next day, there's a whole new bucket of emotions. A lot of times there's almost a lost now what kind of feeling combined with this pride and this accomplishment feeling. We have to process all of this and keep moving forward from it. I've watched athletes go through competition and have these big emotions and shy away. I've watched athletes start prep and not complete it which is so sad. I've watched athletes compete and have such high expectations of themselves and disappoint themselves and feel like they failed and didn't achieve their expectation, didn't achieve their goal and decide to never compete again. It breaks my heart. This to me is why comp prep is so transformative. It's not just the physical work and the changes in your body. It's the self-confidence you create when you learn the worst thing that can happen is a feeling. And if you're willing and ready to feel all of those feelings I mentioned, you're ready to pick your first show. And that, my friends, is the topic of today's podcast. Are you ready? Episode number 32, how to pick your first show. Let's go. (laughs) 
I want to start today's podcast with, I'm going to read you guys a chapter from my book. So you want to compete. We're going to read chapter two. I'm going to read you the whole thing. <laughs> Here we go. The world of physique competitions has widely expanded and is rapidly growing. With new organizations popping up and more shows being hosted and new categories being added every year. So how do you choose? Where do you fit in? My best suggestion would be to start close to home. Waking up in your own bed the morning of a competition is a luxury that I've personally never experienced. Competing in your own city can have immense benefits, including avoiding the stresses of traveling, packing, travel expenses, language barriers, confused taxi drivers, etc. You also get to have access to your own kitchen, which is a major bonus. Plus, having friends and family there to cheer you on for your first show is part of what makes the experience so amazing. No matter how embarrassed you may think you'll be, invite everyone you know. It is such a great feeling to hear a huge roar from the crowd every time you walk out on that stage. You'll feel like a superstar. If competing in your own city or town isn't an option, my next suggestion would be to find a competition within driving distance. Usually there are competitions in every province and state across North America. If you are competing outside your own province or country, just make sure the organization will allow out-of-province and out-of-country athletes to register. If you do have to fly to a competition, I highly suggest arriving a few days before to let your body regulate. Take some time, learn how to get around, figure out where the events are taking place, and plan your route. Having a route planned can eliminate unnecessary stress on show day. Also, I like to book a few extra days or a week post-competition to enjoy a mini vacation. Check out the city and relax a little. You've earned it. Choosing an organization can be tough. Depending on where you live, you may not have many options. I suggest doing some research. Check out the websites in the next few pages and see where upcoming shows are located. Make a list of all the shows you could compete in and how far off they are. I highly suggest a minimum prep of 16 weeks or more for your first competition. Some organizations frown on athletes cross-competing. This means to compete in more than one organization. So depending on your personal goals, it might be best to start with the organization you'd most like to represent. But how do you know? Each organization has pros and cons. I suggest doing your research and finding an organization that shares your values. Go to a few shows, get a feel for how athletes are treated and what the energy is like. You may be surprised how different the feel from one show to the next is. Talk to other athletes about their past experience with certain organizations, gather as much information as you can, and then make an educated decision on which organization you want to represent. Another option is to start small. I have a lot of athletes that choose this path. They pick a smaller organization or a reputably smaller show for their debut. This can really help with nerves and getting comfortable on stage in front of judges. Once that first show is done and you've gone through the process, you can decide if a bigger show is in your future. Small shows generally have 30 to 50 athletes competing the day of and audiences of a couple hundred, while larger shows can have hundreds of athletes competing, thousands in the audience, and span over the course of a whole weekend. Whichever path you decide to embark on, know that your first show will be a huge learning curve and probably the most exciting and yet terrifying experience of your life. So much fun, right? All right, you guys. So that's chapter two. So you want to compete bikini book. 
And then I go on to tell you about all the different organizations that are available to us in North America. If you want to know them, you can Google them or you can buy the book. I'm not going to go through them today, but I do want to talk a little bit more about both the decisions of competing based on location versus based on federation. So like I said in the book, choosing your first competition based on location has so many bonuses. The less expensiveness of it, your first show is pretty expensive as it is buying a suit for the first time, getting shoes, getting all the coaching, the posing coaching, that learning curve, your first show is giant as are the expenses. So eliminating the cost of travel can be a huge benefit. Also less stress regarding the travel and going to an unknown city. And if you're competing close to home, you can literally invite everybody you know. Also, like seriously, you guys, sleeping in your own bed and having your kitchen is so nice. But what if there isn't a show close to you? Like I've got a number of athletes up in Whistler, BC, and there isn't shows in Whistler, BC. They have to come down to Vancouver or do a show elsewhere. So in this case, in a city like Vancouver, where every federation pretty much comes here and has a show, they have a lot of options available to them. How do you pick a federation? And I've competed with three different federations now, four if you consider the CBBF and the NPC separate. So if you don't know the acronyms, it's totally fine. Uh, It's like a whole nother language. So I've competed with the CBBF, which is the Canadian Bodybuilding Federation. I don't even know if they still exist. Does anyone know? (laughs) If they still exist, I should have Googled that ahead of time. I've competed with the NPC. The NPC is kind of the amateur league that goes into the IFBB, which will take you on to the shows like Olympia and the Arnold. And then I've competed with the WBFF, which is the World Bodybuilding Fitness and Fashion. They only have one show in Canada. It's in Calgary, but they do shows all over the world. And then most recently, I've competed and committed myself to the WNBF, which is the World Natural Bodybuilding Federation. And they have shows in every province, almost every state, and all over the world as well. When it comes to picking a federation, I really want you to look at what you want to get out of this. Are you just here for the experience? Do you want to have a great experience? Check it off the bucket list. Say you've done it. If that's your goal, I would really suggest picking a federation that's a little bit smaller, that has a really focused athlete first reputation. If your long-term goal is to make it to the Olympia stage, then you know your only path there is through NPC and IFBB, right? If your goal is to prove what the body can do naturally, and it is important to you to compete on an all-natural platform, the WNBF might be for you. If you want to get on stage wearing wings and a evening gown and combine fitness with your love of fashion and theater and stage, the WBFF might be your jam. So that's just kind of an overview of the organizations that I personally have had experience with and have competed with. One of the reasons that I picked the WNBF to not just become a pro with them, but also to be one of their judges. And I'm helping out with Vancouver show promotion. And it's also a federation that I exclusively coach my athletes for. And the reason that I picked them was because when I asked myself, why am I doing this? What do I want my athletes to get out of this experience? My goal for my athletes is that they have the best possible competition experience. And from my personal experience, the WNBF 
has a very athlete first focused mindset. Their amateur shows are very athlete focused. The athletes get a lot of time on stage, get great feedback, and usually have an excellent experience backstage with the other athletes, with the other coaches, and can meet with the judges post-show in a really nice sit-down setting and find out what they did really well and what they still need to work on. I love that the WNBF offers all of this to their athletes, and that's one of the reasons why I choose to represent them. Like I said in chapter two of my book, talk to your coach, talk to other athletes, watch shows, and really decide which platform feels the best to you. Which one makes you feel the most at home, the most comfortable, the most like, that's where I want to be. And that's what you want to aim towards. When you pick your first show, it may be a year out. That's totally fine. My take on this is the more time you give yourself, the better. We've talked about this, right? I'm pretty sure episode 30, (laughs) I pounded it hard into your head. Yes, you can pick a show that is 16 weeks away. I highly recommend that you don't pick a show less than 16 weeks away if it's your first show. Give yourself time to process all of those feelings (laughs) that you need to feel and do all of the work that needs to be done before getting on stage. All right, my friends, that's what I have for you today and how to pick your first show. I'll see you next week. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I ask you to leave a comment. Tell me what you liked about it. Share the podcast with a friend and come back next Wednesday for a brand new episode. I'll see you then. 